Hi folks, today I'm preaching a message. Uh, it's a follow-on from a message I preached recently on the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal but mighty through God to the demolition of fortresses. And I'm talking about one of the weapons today that's key in breaking through in your life. It's the weapon of prayer and fasting. And it's not spoken of a lot, but it's a powerful thing. And I wanna open up the scriptures today and share with you some keys to breakthrough that come through fasting and prayer. Enjoy the program. I'm talking about the weapons of our warfare, but I wanna talk about uh, the weapon of fasting and prayer. And uh, I feel as though God is, well, the first session, the power of God was there and something good's gonna happen. Turn to the person next to you and say, something good's definitely happening to you today. Thank you, Jesus. Father, would you anoint your word today? Let it be with great power. Pray for tremendous anointing. Let me not waste a word now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. And shouted? Amen. You look all right today. Not bad at all, not bad at all. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three from the King James Bible reads like this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The word for war, stratomia, is we do not involve ourselves in a, uh, a battle that is carnal. We are involved in a supernatural battle and it really is to the death. And we walk in the flesh, we are in a war that is in the spirit. Ephesians 6 says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, world rulers, uh, wicked spirits, authorities in heavenly places. Therefore take unto you the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the Greek word methodia, methods of the evil one. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. We're in a battle, it's spiritual. We underestimate how much of a spiritual war we're in. But the Bible does say here, though we walk in that battle, we're not warring without something supernatural. Because the weapons of our warfare are not natural, but they are divinely powerful. The Greek word dunatos means divinely, supernaturally enabled through God. They are mighty through God, mighty ability, mighty capacity through God to the pulling down, and that word pulling down of strongholds means to demolish them and bring them to extinction, to nothing. Weapons of our warfare are not natural, but divinely powerful through God to the utter demolition of fortresses and strongholds. And I preached on this before, so I'm rehashing briefly. We're destroying speculations, reasonings. The Amplified Bible says, the word in the Greek is logismos, logical thinking. We operate, yes, in logical thinking, but we also, faith operates in a realm that says that may seem illogical, but. Doctor says you're gonna die, but God. Natural circumstances say you're going broke. The devil wants to destroy your business, but God. Devil says you're gonna lose your family, but God. Logic says, hey, this is all gonna turn terribly wrong, but God. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are divinely powerful through God 
to the demolition of strongholds. Now I wanna talk about one of these weapons today. It is the weapon of fasting and prayer. And you say, where does it say that's a weapon? Through the Bible. Let's have a look at a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. By the way, you might say, well, you don't look like a good example of fasting. You may look like you need about an 80 day soup fast. Well, when I was a young bloke, my whole ministry began with so many long fasts every year, January and half of February, I started the year with six weeks on liquids only and pressed into God five, six hours a day. That was the, the birth of the ministry. First year was three days a week fasting, 10 days a month on water and 20 day fast and pressing into God and at least four or five hours a day, just pressing into God. Cause it's in those times of fasting and prayer, which over the years I've endeavoured to, uh, I've got less and less as the years are gone. As you can tell, I haven't been on a long fast for quite a while, but maybe God's just talking to me today. But it's in those times pressing into God that some of the greatest revelation and depth and concepts in the Word and, and areas of passion in the Holy Ghost and touching heaven and breaking into the power of God. It's been very often during those times. And I'll get to my Scripture here in a moment. There were three men in the Scriptures that fasted 40 days. They're on the mountain of transfiguration, Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus, Moses and Elijah. And we read of them, Jesus, driven by the Spirit, went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Full of the Holy Ghost, He went in and the Bible says He come out in the power. And I'm convinced that people that know how to fast and pray and touch God move from the fullness of the Holy Spirit into a place where they, they can move in the power. It's a key, in my opinion, to touching God and breaking into areas of the supernatural. We can't buy the power of God, but we can learn to understand and learn to move and get out there with God in desperation and let Him know as we fast and pray that we're serious, we want something. This is the time right now for serious men and women who want something from God. The church is full of people that couldn't around the world that are so passive and so apathetic that they really don't even realise they're in a, a spiritual war. They don't even realise that they can do something and be something, but God is raising up a people that do not want to live an ordinary life. Raising up a people that say, I'm, I'm spitting. They say, I'm born with destiny in my soul. I'm born to rule and reign. If by one man sin death reign, how much more shall we who have received the gift of life, righteousness reign as kings, reigning over disease, reigning over devils, reigning in the realm of the Spirit, reigning in power. You're born to rule and born to reign. I'm excited. I'm spitting. I'm spitting and yelling. Saliva is just everywhere here. But more to come. I'm thinking about lunch a little bit. More to come. No, I'm not thinking much about it. Moses went up 40 days, came down, golden calf went back up. He did 80 days up there. Jesus went out and was tested and tempted. And what was a hard fast? Moses went up terrified into the glory of God where he neither ate nor drank because he was consumed with the fire. And he came down with the law, but he also came down 
with the Old Testament pattern of worship, how to worship. He came down with revelation. People that fast and pray are people that open themselves up and take the time and they say, God, I'm gonna give you my natural food. Will you turn it into spiritual wisdom? And then we sow it as a seed. We can't, I'm going fast because I've got a lot to share. Can't buy the power of God. We can't buy this stuff. Simon the sorcerer tried to buy the power of God with money. God said to me one day, are you trying to buy my power with food? I said, no. He said, but if you sow to me, you give me your natural. I'll convert it into my supernatural. So what happened in Acts 10, I mean, I just if you got, keep your finger in 2 Chronicles. Second, in Acts 10, we read of Cornelius, the, the uh, centurion. He was fasting his Gentile food, fasting prawns and oysters and bacon and ham. Mussels, lobster. He was fasting his food. Peter's up on the roof, it's lunchtime. He's got the smell of lunch cooking downstairs. As he's about to go down for lunch, suddenly in front of him, down comes an image. And it must've been more than an image because God said to him, take this food and eat it. It was the very food that the Roman centurion had been giving up. And now it came as he fasted and prayed, God used the very thing he gave up and lowered it down as a supernatural statement to Peter, which opened the door to the Gentiles being saved. Acts 13, verse two, as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted at Antioch, God said to set aside Saul, Paul and Silas to go out there and start a missions campaign to the world. Missions was born out of prayer and fasting. The Gentile church came into being after prayer and fasting. Jesus started his ministry after prayer and fasting. Moses brought the law and the tabernacle after prayer and fasting. Elijah from Mount Horeb, we know that he came down under tremendous power. Well, so far we've begun to talk about the power of prayer and fasting and some of the keys and the fact that it is a weapon. Uh, we're gonna go further with that in the next session. And it's my desire that by the end of this, you'll really be grabbed with a fresh passion to touch God. And the fasting may become part of your spiritual life from this point. I hope you're enjoying the program. I know you're gonna enjoy the next section. Something happens to people that get the revelation it's not preached much. People see it as law. That's Old Testament. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, keep your hands in 2 Chronicles 20, by the way. Matthew, three things that God says here reward openly. It says, when you pray, go into the secret place and pray. Shut the door, because he who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you give, don't let your right hand know what the left hand's doing. He who sees in secret 
will reward you openly. Have you ever read there in Matthew 6, it says in verse 16, moreover, when you fast, don't be as the hypocrites, the priests that used to put white on their face and make themselves look really sick so people would see them fasting and say, how spiritual you are. When you're fasting, don't advertise. Let God see what you're doing secretly. Let Him see it. Because He, if you get it, if you get your acclaim from men, you get your acclaim. But if you get it from God, you'll get the supernatural. Second Chronicles 20. We have that story in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And it talks of an approach of a great army that would completely and absolutely uh, devastate Israel. As this great army was coming, word came to King Jehoshaphat, godly king. There's a great army coming whose numbers are as the sands of the sea. Moabites, Ammonites, and those from the region of Mount Seir, which was the area of Edom, going back to Ishmael and going back Right back, anti-God, anti-God nations, so totally committed to destruction. So great was the army, the first thing that happened was that Jehoshaphat began to fear. Fear gripped him. Fear is natural. Some people say, well, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. No, He hasn't. Circumstances can give you one. Jump out of an aeroplane without a parachute. Fear. I drove with someone recently. There was a tincture of fear. And then a a resignation of the fact that it was probably, you know, going to be bad. Fear. Doubt, uncertainty, the emotions that come. Courage, the thing that's so exciting about courage, when someone shows courage, is not that they have no fear, but they master it, look it in the eye, and go ahead and achieve the task. I love what one man said, and I actually quoted it in my book. I looked death in the eye and he blinked. So who's going to blink? Are we going to let fear rule? Or are we going to stand up in the power of God and declare God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I'm born to rule. I'm the head, not the tail. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Neither principalities, powers, things created, nothing created, angels, principalities, nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ because in all these things, I am more than a conqueror from the Greek word, hupanikau, which means, that's the word Nike. I got brand new Nikes today. I've worn the other pair out. I get a pair that doesn't hurt my knees and I wear them till they drop. They get paint on them, they get messed up. But today I'm wearing Air Monarchs. I don't know how old they are. They've been in the cupboard for a while. And I don't know why I'm telling you about that. What on earth got me going there? I have absolutely no idea why I told you that. Upanika. 
Nike goddess. Every time you wear your Nikes, you're celebrating the goddess of victory. Greek goddess. If you're wearing Nikes today, Greek goddess. Isn't that exciting? Victory. We are hooper, above, surpassing, unstoppable, conquering warriors. That's what it says. In all these things, you and I are overwhelmingly surpassing, superior, unstoppable conquerors in everything that can come against you. And so Jehoshaphat feared. And he said, I better do something with my fear. And he went to prayer. That's what you do with your emotions. Don't let them rule you. Swing them into into prayer. You got doubts, swing them into prayer. You got a fear that you're gonna fail, swing it. The devil will tell you all the time. When he does say, so you've come to put some doubt in me? I'm just going to prayer. You're gonna wish I hadn't started. And every time he comes with a word, you take the word of God and say, yes, it's written, devil. In all these things I am more than a conqueror. I am the head, not the tail. I am above only, never below. And a matter of fact, you've come and brought this to my attention. I'm now going into the prayer closet and I'm gonna press in and I'm gonna go in there and it's gonna be pressed down, shaken, running over. I'm going in there to shake something. Hallelujah. Jehoshaphat feared. He went into fasting. And as he fasted, he, he, God said, call the nation. And they called the nation and they began to fast and pray for days, seeking God, pressing into God, pressing into God. And then they got the prophet and they said, bring the word of the Lord. And the prophetic word was, you don't even have to fight in this battle. The battle is mine. You see, Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we see this thing coming our way and we are powerless to handle it. We are unable to handle this great army, but we're gonna fast and pray. And our fasting is a declaration to you of our total dependence. Fasting says, I can't do this, but my eyes are on you. And as I fast and pray, I'm just letting you know, I'm not trying to buy something, I'm just letting you know how seriously. And you know, as you fast, and when you fast, Drink liquids, drink water. Don't go off into a waterless fast, only if you want to completely destroy your kidneys. You've got to, when you fast, you've got to flush all the toxins out of your body. Get them out, drink water, drink plenty of water. And don't go berserk and go home and say, well, that's it, I'm going 40 starting tomorrow. It probably lasts till lunchtime. And... <laughs> ease in, ease out. Don't do it, a friend of mine, he went 40 days and broke it with pizza and nearly died. That'll kill you. Ease in, correct doc? Ease in, ease out. Take as long going in. If you're gonna fast 10 days, ease in. Give coffee a mix, miss, ease back, salads, fruit, and then move to water. Do 10 days on water, then ease out the same way. And you look as slim and fantastic as me. It's an advertisement for you. The prophet stood up and he said, you don't even have to fight in this battle. For the battle is not yours, says the Lord. The battle's mine. 
You see, when we begin to fast and pray, we change something in the heavenlies. When Daniel began to press in with fasting and prayer for answers in Daniel chapter 10, Gabriel came to him and he said, from the first day you set your face, the the answer was coming, but I've been hindered in the spirit realm. I've been up against the Prince of Persia and we were wrestling and battling. There was a battle in the heavenlies and fortunately Michael, your archangel, your prince came and helped me and I've come to give you this message. Bang, 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 bang. Gives a great message about about them going back, etc. Powerful stuff and the end times, he opens it up and he says, I gotta go now because I'm going back into the heavenlies and there's a battle in the heavenlies. This time it's with, with the prince of Grisha. Greece, dealing with the spirit that would come on Alexander the Great. Kingdoms change in history. Not so much because of what happens on the ground, but what happens in the spirit. What happened when the the church was fervently praying and Peter was in the deepest recess of the prison facing death. And as the church fervently prayed and probably fasted and sought God, suddenly the chains fell off and the doors opened And the angel said, come out of here, Peter. And Peter was let out past guards or out under it. Doors opened and shut. Chains fell off, doors opened, out to the main gate. And he's like, where am I gonna go? I might as well go to the prayer meeting. What happens when we fast, when we pray, if we're genuinely pushing into God, not just token five minute prayer, but we we wanna touch God. The angelic realm goes into operation on our behalf because the Bible says in Hebrews that the angels are ministering spirits to them that are being saved. We cause, and I wish I had time to open this up at some stage in the future. We can talk about what takes place in the heavens when we pray. What happens? I'm gonna close with this. I've got six minutes and nine seconds and I'll share something with you. Jehoshaphat went out. Let's close that off. Jehoshaphat led them out to battle. God said, let the musicians go out first. The musicians went out backed by powerful prayer and fasting. Imagine every week when our musicians get up here and begin to worship and we got the best. We got as good as anywhere in the world. Our, our worship and our music is up with anything on this planet. Humbly, we consider ourselves to be right up there. We're not boastful, but imagine musicians getting up every week and people have been fasting and praying and say, as soon as they hit the instruments, let heaven break loose. As soon as, Lord, breathe on them. Well, we don't even know who we are, but we're fasting and praying that the next lot of music that comes here is gonna be so powerful that it's gonna spread across the earth so that everyone that listens to it is gonna be taken into another dimension of the Holy Ghost. Something happens when you stand up here and preach and you know that you're backed by a whole lot of people that have been pressing into God. They set the musicians out when they got out there. 
those of Mount Seir, the Edomites, they had turned on this lot and the Moabites had turned on at all, Ammonites at all, had a big fight out there and everybody out there was dead. And they got out there to a battle that had already been decided and they didn't even have to pull their swords. Beautiful part was it spent days and days carting back the spoil, the gold, the treasure, the robes, the valuable items, cartloads for three days. They went out just to bring back the spoil. You might be facing a big army. Fight's not yours. Remind the Lord, go into fasting and prayer. Sounds too much for me. I can't win this thing. But my eyes are on you. And then worship Him. I'm closing with this last thought. I'd love to open the little book of Joel, one of the most powerful prophetic books in the Bible. If you read in Joel, and it's very much for then and very much for now, it crosses prophetically different dimensions. We need a nation that's under incredible pressure, huge pressure. Place is a mess, it's a disaster. Peace is gone, everything's a mess. Total disaster. And God says, He calls, He says, call a prayer, call call a solemn assembly. Let the bridegroom and bride come back from their honeymoon. Let Bring the children, the little children at the breast, bring them, the little tiny new babies, bring them in. The old people, bring everybody into the house of the Lord because we're gonna cry unto God. And they would gather, the trumpet, the shofar would sound across Israel and the people would come to battle because they knew it was a critical time. And they would gather there at the temple, out in the area where they're legally allowed to be in the outer court and around the temple by the thousands and thousands crying out to God and weeping, crying out for their nation. God says, let the elders come and lie in sackcloth all night. Let them come and cry out. And if we begin to look at the people in history that did great things, the Evan Roberts and others, they wept through the night. They cried out in the early hours. They cried out to God for God to come and move in great and mighty power. Let the priests Come and lie in sackcloth. The priests would walk around among the people, not wearing his priestly robes, but wearing just sackcloth, like Hessian. And the people would pray and weep. And the high priest at the height of it would stand up, probably on the big brazen altar. And he would reach and tear the Hessian sackcloth from his chest. And you can read it in the book of Joel. He would cry out, Spare thy people, O God. Give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen may rule over them. Wherefore would they say, where is their God? How we need the sound of intense prayer in this hour. How we need people that are not content anymore with where they are in their walk. 
How we need people who would say, I'm not prepared just to live out this one life that I've got at this point. So I'm gonna live again, but I don't wanna go and stand before Jesus having lived a half-hearted, average, unpassionate life. God's putting His finger on people and saying, is there a destiny in your soul? Put your finger on lives here this morning. Are you called with a destiny? Is there something down within you that says, I'm not called to ordinary. There's something great that I have to have. I can't finish my life like this. God's putting His finger and saying, I want to do in your life exceedingly abundant in mine. Exceedingly abundantly beyond anything. We could ask, think, dream or imagine. According to the power that right now is at work within us. Ephesians 3, 19 and 20. God's got a plan for you and I. A great plan. I trust you've enjoyed the program today as we've shared on prayer and fasting, a great weapon. As you've listened and as you've taken it in, I trust that something of the truth of it will grab your spirit. And maybe from here, if you don't already fast and pray, you can begin to make that an exercise in your Christian walk. It'll help you. It'll help you break through. I know that it will take you further on your spiritual journey. Thank you so much for watching today.